welcome to the TV Kids Festival. I'm Kristen Brzezowski, the executive editor of TV Kids, and there is no more fitting way to kick off this festival than by hearing from this top tier group of buyers and programmers all about their acquisition strategies. I'm speaking with Sky Kids' Lucy Murphy, Paramount UK and Ireland's Louise Bucknell, TFO's Marianne Lambert, and Future Today's David DiLorenzo. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Let's start by looking at what is the role of acquisitions on the channels or platforms that you oversee? For Future Today and Happy Kids, the role of acquisitions is really to find the most entertaining content for our audience. And that's could be very broad-based in terms of whether it's early learning content from Coco Melon or user-generated content in gaming from Roblox or Minecraft or popular IPs like Transformers or Ninjago down to YouTubers like Kid City or Diana. So today's audience is looking for broad-based content across multiple platforms. And so our job is to go out and find content that our audience is looking to watch. So acquisitions are very important to us because they're about 85% of our programming. Um, we also do co-productions and independent productions, but mostly for all our platforms, it's uh, acquisitions. Now we have a linear channel and we do have an educational um, website, which is for teachers to help them support kids um, with their learning. We also have a website uh, called tfo.org, which we're in the process of transitioning into an OTT platform with our linear channel. And we also have a YouTube channel, but we mostly use our YouTube channel for promotional purposes. So um, yeah, so when, when, when we buy, when, when we acquire, it's for all those platforms at the same time. I work in the UK, an island um, uh, region for Paramount. Um, so there is a free-to-air block, which is preschool, uh, Milkshake, and then our network of Nickelodeon channels. Um, we have um, FOD, we have linear channels, we have fast platform with Pluto, and also an SVOD with Paramount+. Plus. So we're obviously looking for content for all of these platforms. Um, so acquisitions are really important to bolster um, the content that we have. We have a lot of internal content and pipeline um, from the US and also through our international teams. Um, so we do a lot of commissioning in the UK for the Milkshake block, which is on Channel 5, which is our preschool free-to-air. So we look at about sort of two to three additional acquisitions to bolster what we have um, and complement that in the UK. And for the Nick Network, this can be anything from preschool to older kids, live action and animation. Um, and we look at what gaps we have. It could be franchises. It could be particular IP that is of interest to us. Sky, I also work in the UK and Ireland. Um, and our audience of one to 10 year olds expects to see premium entertainment across a really wide variety of genres and formats. So there's always the right thing to watch at the, when they feel like it. <laughs> um, we currently have around 10,000 episodes of on-demand content. And a lot of that comes from the um, partner channel deals that we have with, because um, we carry eight premium channels, such as Nickelodeon and Nick Jr., um, as well as Cartoon Network and Cartoon Ito. And in February this year, we're launching a new Sky Kids linear channel, uh, which will be aimed at kids one to seven. And we also have an app and we buy shows across a wide variety of genres, um, as well as games and interactive. Um, and in terms of the, um, you know, the type of acquisitions 
deals we do. We buy large packages, e.g. from Lego or DreamWorks or Moonbug, uh, but we also cherry pick one-off titles so that we've we've got that entire demographic served with the right shows that they want to watch. I, I didn't say where we are. So TFO is in Canada, um, in Ontario, and we're a francophone broadcaster. So just to let you know. While we're clarifying, so yeah. it is a connected TV streaming uh, app. Uh, we are available across uh, all streaming devices, all smart televisions, and across uh, some MVPDs. We have a really broad range of platforms represented here, which I always love to hear from. And looking at some of those brand values or directives that you have to follow when sourcing programming, what do you keep top of mind? And are there any kind of no-go areas for you when acquiring? I think first and foremost, we're looking for quality produced content that's safe for our audience. I think uh, today's landscape is a little bit complicated in terms of the type of content that's available. So whether we're looking at gaming content that's user generated, we want to make sure that it's safe for our audience. So we've got a process in place where individuals are actually watching through the content or YouTube content as well. So, you know, for us, it's about uh, safety, making sure that Happy Kids is safe for our audience, as well as, you know, finding shows that they're looking to watch, whether it's shows that are very popular or sometimes we're finding shows from smaller producers like Super Rights with Helen's Little School or Omen Studios with uh, County with Paula. So I, I think today there's just a very, there's a large variety of content. I mean, it's, it's a really incredible time for, uh, networks because there's so much great content being produced around the world. For Paramount, for Milkshake, it's a preschool brand. It's British, so we predominantly look for British produced content, although we will look at other content from international partners as well. And we really celebrate kids and family within this content. We want to reflect kids and their lives. Um, our tagline is sunshine every day, so we want to bring um, that sort of burst of sunshine to kids through all their sort of relatable things that they do and characters that they love and stories that they want to hear. And for Nickelodeon, um, we're, we're very, the brand is very strong. Obviously we're kids first. Um, we want to focus on their point of view. Um, and it's really sort of like larger than life characters and how we can sort of bring that slice of life um, in the content that we have. And we follow a very, very sort of good brand values of heart smart and fart you know in a, in a sort of very quick way of the kind of things that we look for we want we'd like to be entertaining to them we want them to be learn something about it and also feel that emotion as well so it's sort of very very strong across the the, the brand that we have we being a francophone broadcaster of course we're looking for content that's in french which is not that easy to find um we started a, a, a programming dubbed um, a lot of dubbed series. So that's helped a lot. We didn't used to do that, but now we do. Um, so it has to be educational, um, but it doesn't have to be about a specific, like it doesn't have to be a show about math or a show about science. It can be loosely educational. Uh, it can be about social emotional response, living in a group, um, relationships, critical thinking. So a lot, you know, a lot can be educational. Um, and it's really important to us that casting be diverse. So diversity, I, you know, we don't buy shows where there, there is no diversity. Uh, we want our shows to represent Canada as it is today with all being inclusive of all, uh, all community, all communities. 
um, people with all kinds of bodies, different backgrounds, disabilities, without making that the center of the story. Um, we wanted, we want, you know, the kids that we're casting to represent all, all communities in all shapes and sizes. Um, we like to look for uh, material that's different or unique, a, a unique way of telling that story. So we're always looking for innovation. Um, and I guess our model is we feel like kids will watch uh, programs, they will watch TV, they will watch content on their devices. So how can we make them learn a little bit as they are having fun? So that's really our motto. And um, we're a French language broadcaster, but we celebrate a variety of accents. Um, you know, there's French all over the world. So whether it be, um, you know, uh, uh, accents from Africa, um, from Belgium, Acadian, Franco-Manitoban, Franco-Ontarian, uh, we want we embrace uh, the musicality and the beauty of all these accents. Um, and we feel that, you know, you know, all these different accents need to be reflected in the content. Kids need to see that um, so they identify or else they will stop speaking the language. So that's really, really important to us. Um, and then humor is really important. Like we want kids to laugh. We want kids to have fun. A no-go would be um, content that has no educational value at all, you know, um, you know, obviously no violence or discrimination or anything like that. Um, but I think if, if a show was only educational, like a classroom kind of thing, that wouldn't be interesting as well for us. For us at Sky Kids, I think the, you know, what drives us forward is our kids going to love what they see. Is it premium? Is it really um, distinctive and original? Um, but just as important is a parent's going to love it too, because I think when you're, especially when you're acquiring and commissioning shows for younger children, um, it's really important that parents feel good about what their children are watching. <laughs> um, so we, yes, premium, distinctive, original is really important. Like many of us here, um, representation is absolutely vital for us. So we really lean into inclusion and diversity um, and we're doing an awful lot in in that respect and at sky we also have very um, clear principles around the environment so we absolutely have um, principles that you know relate to the type of shows that we acquire but also um, the way in which they're produced so we're very um, you know we we want to have um, shows that demonstrate clear sort of planet-friendly principles. It doesn't mean that all our shows are eco because they're not, but, you know, we want shows that do represent um, planet-positive behaviours and we would shy against, away from shows that have planet-negative behaviours, um, unless we're talking about that from a kind of news or current affairs perspective. Um, No-goes for us would be um, negative storytelling, stereotypes, non-inclusive content um and i mean goes without saying we wouldn't want any child unfriendly no-nos such as um you know violent too much violence sex or drugs or no sex no drugs yeah. <laughs> um and it's just really important i think that we're um you know we're creating um positive tv and positive shows that kids are going to get something out of. Uh, it's not sort of an empty viewing experience. 
Lucy brings up an important point also with parents. I think that we also get a lot of feedback from parents in our early learning and preschool and about the type of content that we're presenting to kids and, you know, trying to find things that uh, are bringing values in education. I think that's a really important point because co-viewing is really important on all of our platforms um, and um, some shows, you know, they have a nostalgic feel. And so you have parents and carers that really want to watch that content. So we launched last year a show called Star Trek Prodigy. And we know that that's been enjoyed very much by a family audience, as well as the kids that are coming into that new franchise as well. Um, so that is a very important um, part of some of the content that we see to think about the family viewing as well. The best shows become part of a family's life, actually. I mean, I know when my son used to come back from college, he'd want to sit down and watch, you know, he'd he'd put on his comfort blanket shows, which would be SpongeBob and The Simpsons and all the shows that make him feel right. I'm at home now. <laughs> um, and and that co-viewing is just so important. It really can't be underestimated. And particularly also for the preschool audience where you want the parents and carers to know that it's trusted and safe and of value to their kids maybe from an educational point of view um, for us for milkshake we follow the early years foundation which is a framework about um, sort of how the content we view and how we make it and it just means that it's it's got that underlying educational feel and tone to it but it's entertaining at its heart and parents will enjoy it with their kids and they want to sit down and watch Pepper and enjoy that or allow them to watch sort of other shows like Pip and Posey that we share with um, Sky um, so I think this sort of the family and the unit of, of viewing that you have in the house you have kids on different devices at different ages of course but there is also that collective viewing experience and I think any content that embodies that is is of real interest. You know obviously for preschool, parents are choosing what their kids are watching. Um, so if they can enjoy it as well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very important. Based on parental feedback and things that we've heard, we've actually have brought in family movies now and tried to create a family section within our app so families can watch some uh, movie time together as well. With all these fantastic brand values that we just talked about, what are you currently looking for, either in terms of genre or demographic? What is on that wish list and what are some of the needs that you're looking for in terms of third party? So we we do all ages, so it's quite a, a wide range. So from three to 18, obviously, it's difficult to find content for teenagers. And we know that it's difficult to get them. They're on their TikTok or their social media, their YouTube. Um, but we are looking for a bit of everything. Um, what we want is innovation and different ways of telling stories. Um, right now, we have a hard time also finding content for six to nine-year-olds. It's sort of a weird age. Um, and live action also is difficult for us because obviously we're French broadcasters, so it has to be dubbed. But we have bought um, Degrassi in French, The Next Step in French. It's doing really well on our platforms. Odd Squad, Dino Dana, Androids. So those are quite successful because uh, they're well-made, they have some education, and then kids really love them. So those kinds of shows. Um, uh, and since we are um, educational and our content is used to teach, you know, there are certain things like STEM and examples of girls um, in science, liking science, those kind of role models. You know, math, it's really hard to get a show about math. So we're always sort of on the lookout for that. Um, indigenous perspectives are really important. So we like working with um, indigenous uh, producers. 
And also, as you were saying, Lucy, environmental concerns are, are big right now. At Paramount, um, we only commissioned things beginning with P, Peppa Pig, Paw Patrol, Paddington, <laughs> Pip and Posey. We've got to start a new letter. No, that's a joke. But they're some of our, our sort of big shows. And um, I think what we're looking for is we're looking for killer, not filler. We want the shows that are going to stand out. We, we've got a lot of franchise shows on the Nickelodeon um, channels that we have, Nick Jr. and Nickelodeon. Um, comedy is really important. Um, and, you know, that can be with animation or with live action. Um, so really it's sort of those are the formats that we're looking for that will work globally so it needs to be love or characters that are going to carry globally um, for the Nickelodeon networks and specifically for animation we will look for um, characters and storylines that are going to complement what we have on the channels already how's this going to sit with Spongebob um, and how's this going to sit with Paw Patrol so that's really important um, for Milkshake we're looking for some specific formats we're very interested in game shows at the moment um, and also sort of slapstick and comedy silliness shows that can embody that as well because that's something that we just don't have at the moment so we're exploring those formats at the moment we're also um, reviewing and looking for content that has a lot of stem so science and tech in because that's something that we'd like to show and um, acquire and, and commission a little bit more of sustainability is also very important to us as well and we know kids absolutely love animals so we're looking at sort of some various um, animal and pet care and how you look after pets as well um, we obviously would look at any shows that um, have got you know a great story or they're a book-based IP or have the potential to be a franchise those are just some examples of things that we're we're looking at but obviously we would um, consider any sort of pitches or ideas and we can review those um, fact tent formats are quite interesting for us um, for milkshake as well um, for preschoolers because we're a public service broadcaster so those formats where they're representing kids and showing their world we have a show called meet the experts which is all about their um, kids hobbies and then we have a science show called show me how all about process um, videos and how things are made so we can go sort of from all different types of formats um, for in the factual entertainment um, area as well um, animation preschool animation very very important to us look at what we've got in terms of on the channel already and see sort of where that can complement but also be unique and be different to what we have we don't need another Peppa Pig show we don't need another show about amazing puppy dogs because we have Paw Patrol so it's always looking for that uniqueness and what makes what make this stand out um, what will make the kid draw the picture hum the theme tune and play based on that show they're always going to be the winners for us that for me is when you know you've got a hit when you hear someone in the street singing the theme song or you watch someone at an airport cover coloring in the book it's just the most lovely thing when you see that that show has landed in that way so um I mean for us we're always looking for I mean storytelling is at the heart of everything um we're always on the lookout for really good storytelling whether that's live action or animation um we're particularly looking for half hour specials um that can be you know have that real evergreen longevity to them um and we're we're really keen to try and find something for younger viewers that gets them up and moving around um active so if i say fitness that sounds dull but um getting up and moving and uh we've got lots and lots of songs um and sing-alongs so we're not necessarily looking for that but something that encompasses music because and singing because everybody knows kids love that um is, is great um and we're also looking for shows 
that spark a bit of curiosity in a child. So it's not necessarily a didactic educational show, but something that is going to make them wonder about the world around them and sort of I'm always interested in what happens when they switch the TV. What do they do next? Do they, as Louisa said, go and play with their Paw Patrol dolls or do they go and, you know, try out the kitchen science that they've just seen on a show? So we, we're we really looking for shows that have that um, follow through and sort of a lasting value to them. I would say for happy kids right now, I think that in terms of preschool, we've got a pretty large offering with, Shows like Ping Pong or Super Simple Songs or Coco Melon. Our focus right now is really on our six plus audience. The app reaches an audience of zero to 12. What we've been really focusing on is live action series, uh, trying to find more movies for our audience, um, looking at you know science exploration, trying to find things that'll bring the family together to watch. So really our focus has been on sort of our older audience at the time being, and also looking at uh, live action, which is a, uh, can sometimes be challenging uh, in our space uh, based on availabilities, but um, we are finding some uh, really good content. Uh, I know uh, Marianne had mentioned Next Step. We actually have brought that series on recently and it's doing really well for us as well. My sons used to watch it uh, like in secret. They didn't, (laughs) (laughs) they love this, you know, the stories and the drama. (laughs) And I've heard some of you already mention themes like representation and inclusivity. So how are you acquiring strategically to represent the diverse audience that your channels or platforms are serving? I think for us, uh, so we've, we've done, uh, we've worked with partners like Kids Insights to do surveys and learn more about who our audience is and uh, what they're looking for. You know, finding shows that are inclusive are always something I think all of us would agree we're all trying to find whether that's uh, diversity uh, as well as uh, other elements. One of the things for us was Spanish language. So we uh, learned that uh, we do have a lot of Spanish speakers. So we've really made a effort to bring more Spanish language uh, content into our app. Uh, we've got a Spanish section now and we're working with partners to now uh, bolster that section. So that's been an area for us that's been a focus at least over the last year. Inclusivity and representation is absolutely paramount, not to sort of try and have a pun, but we have a no diversity, no commission policy um, at Paramount, um, and that is across every territory, not just in the UK and Ireland. And what this means is that when we're discussing projects, shows, commissions, acquisitions, there has to be an element of inclusivity representation within that show, uh, but also within the people that are making it. It's as important off screen as well with the crews and the producers and everybody that's working um, on the show. And just some examples of these are um, on Milkshake. We are in production of a, a wonderful show about um group of characters um the mix mups and this is a show that has disability representation at its heart but it's not a show about disability um we also have recently done um a kids drama for milkshake called mimi's world and it features a real amazing range of kids that are from all different backgrounds um, and from different ethnicities as well um, and we've just launched literally a couple of weeks ago on Nickelodeon, Sammy and Raj, which is one of the first productions that is internationally from Nick India and the international team here under Chris Rose. So um, it's really exciting because representing kids in their world and from their point of view is absolutely core to everything that we do at Paramount. But also it just means that you can have 
great creative ideas and it can just feel that when kids are watching they feel like they are seeing themselves on screen and that's absolutely essential inclusion is really important and on on the screen but behind the scene as well um you know we really wouldn't look at a show that didn't have um diversity within the production team and the same values running through the the company as um as the show is intended to portray um, we're working on a couple at the moment, which are really interesting. One is um, called Boost New, which is we've made in association with the National Autistic Society. So it has, um, it basically is a red ball that travels through lots of different landscapes and it's very immersive. It sort of picks up on those kind of ASMR trends from that kids really like. And we know that kids with differing needs um, are going to respond to it. And so will the entire audience. It's not just meant for one section of the audience, but it's we've been creating that with, um, you know, the right input so that we know that any child on the autistic spectrum is going to really um, get a lot out of it. Um, and then, you know, we we made a show um, this this year called Little Darlings, which was a drama, and that was a very diverse cast. It was diverse storytelling, but every single head of department was also from a very diverse background, and that was important to us. And it was something that Kindle Entertainment, who made that show, absolutely worked with us mm -hmm. to make sure that those values ran through the entire production. I mean, the same as everyone said, it's it's one of our core values. You know, I. We don't buy the content if there's there isn't diverse casting, um, you know. And and as you were saying, Lucy, we hear from our audiences. Um, a show called Sixteen Hudson with uh, you know kids from different backgrounds who live all in the same building. Uh, one child has two dads, you know, and it's it's so and it's just part of the reality. And and so um, we we hear from parents and kids say thank you. I've never seen myself on screen. I'm so you know I'm so excited. So thank you for that show. Or Hardball also is a, um, a show that we bought with, with, where, there, where there's a child in a wheelchair, but he's just part of the gang like you know he's just part of this diverse gang of children um and for us the same thing you know uh diversity in front of the camera and back of the camera so we're working with diverse writers diverse uh, directors and producers um so all of those all of that is at the core of our our values at TFO. Is there anything out there when you're looking in the marketplace that you're just not seeing enough of that you would like to pick up, but just haven't found quite that right title or yeah, or just kind of seeing might be lacking at the moment? I think live action is tricky in the marketplace at the moment. And this is for the sort of older kids. So seven plus, so, you know, seven to 12. Um, I think there are, there are some great formats out there, but that's something that is quite challenging, I think, um, in terms of production and, and budgets. Um, for us, particularly sort of the, the really funny comedy um, driven live action series where um, they're sitcom based or they're a drama we've got a show called Rock Island Mysteries which is made in Australia um, from the um, Paramount International team and I think sort of we we don't see as many formats as as that um, at the moment um, as I say we're looking for a game show for preschool um, there's not many formats for preschoolers um, that are game shows there are some but there aren't many and that's really exciting I think to sort of 
pitch that out to, to people as well. Um, lots and lots of animation, um, but I think it's sort of, it's it's kind of really honing in on what that hook is, I think. And um, sometimes I think we can see a lot of derivative shows rather than things that are really sort of like you can really get under the, the skin of like, what is this about? And it's and it's when it's simple, broad, emotional, that is when it's going to be really stand out. And I think we want to see sort of more formats that just really nail that rather than trying to be everything to everybody, actually. Um, and I think that's sort of simplifying that down. That would be something that would be I'd like to see more of, actually. That's a really good point, because I think, you know, particularly as kids get to seven and over, they really narrow down into their enthusiasms and the type of shows that they want to watch, whether that's comedy or whether it's um, something as simple as gaming. You know, gaming is massive for that audience. So I think being able to sort of come to us with a, a show idea that really demonstrates you understand the audience and why they're watching what they're watching and, a, and looking at new ways of doing it. So going back to gaming, we have a show called Let's Game, which is picking up on that viewing trend of kids wanting to watch gaming walkthroughs. But, you know, we've done it in a more premium way um, with really big brands, with huge influencers, um, and all with, you know, no ads, no loot boxes, all the things that parents don't like. And that's been a huge success for us. And so much so that we've just done a follow-up show, show called Challenge Dan TDM, which is picking up on, you know, the, the gaming and what we loved about this proposal was it was such a fresh and original way of bringing in huge talent, bringing in a great viewing trend, but making it in a new and distinctive way. We're on the lookout for dubbed content, obviously. It's really hard and it's very competitive. Um, there's a few broadcasters in Quebec and myself and I know in France. So encouraging producers to dub <laughs> their shows in French. Um, and also we have a dubbing uh, fund here with the Canadian Media Fund, the CMF, uh, which you can apply for and have your show dubbed. So we work a lot with producers and uh, uh, dubbing their shows, but that's um, that's really what we're looking for. And then six to nine, uh, you know, is a, as I said before, is an age where, you know, between preschool and between sort of older, um, we are always looking for content that age and i'd say for us live action live action sitcoms is really that there is a void in the marketplace and that's those are series that we're constantly looking for and in terms of exclusivity is this still a really hot button issue for each of your channels or platforms or are things getting a little more laxed in terms of rights we don't need exclusivity <laughs> we work well with other canadian French broadcasters and um, uh, having sort of co-exclusivity or sharing rights. Um, we're very small, we have small budgets, so we're public broadcasters. So um, we we are fine and we're sort of in our own little communities, even though our, you know, our shows are, our, our channel is across all of Canada, not just Ontario. Um, yeah, so we do have exclusivity for our um, independent productions. And, and that's fine, but acquisitions were fine with sharing. It's not a deal breaker if content isn't exclusive, but if it isn't, it won't attract the acquisition fees that it would if it were, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there is certainly, you know, there are some shows that you, you want to have um, because they're really popular. But if it is, you know, the 
everything everywhere all at once, then um, <laughs> it's going to be a much lower fee. Um, and I think the key for us is transparency. We need to know um, where else shows are going to be playing and um, so there aren't any surprises further down the line. Um, and then as a, you know, we are a, a, a pay service. So of course, our customers don't want to be paying for things that are absolutely everywhere. So we just need to make sure there's a balance of, you know, premium shows that we do have exclusivity for, as well as, um, you know, popular franchises that may be on more than one platform. Yeah, I'd say for us, um, it's not really about exclusivity of owning a show, but maybe exclusive content around a particular show. So for example, we did a deal with Moonbug uh, last year where we got some exclusive content around Blippi. Blippi is on several platforms, but we were able to take a ownership in some specific episodes that were only available on Happy Kids. So it's not really for us about finding exclusive content around a specific IP, but maybe some element of that IP that's exclusive to us. We've worked actually with um, uh, Paramount on Paw Patrol content for Sky. So, you know, we all know that Paw Patrol is is huge and um, we carry Nick Jr. and Paw Patrol does really well. So we made some exclusive um, learning arts and crafts um, and some mini adventures, which um, absolutely played well for our audience. So we took um, that franchise, but we gave ourselves a little um, extra, <laughs> an extra treat. <laughs> Uh, for Milkshake, we're we're very flexible in the the rights and um, the the shows. It depends on the it depends on the the lane that you go down, I suppose. Whether it's a commission or a copro or an acquisition, um, and as course, as Lucy said and others, um, it depends on the price point as well. Um, we know that some shows are um, franchise IP, so the exposure on lots of different platforms is beneficial to build that brand. Um, and for the Nick. Um, uh, content. It depends if it's a local um, pickup or whether it's something we look at as multi-territory or whether it's a global pickup, of which case then we probably would want all exclusive rights for all platforms. And because we have um, linear, which is pay and free to air, and obviously SVOD and VOD, it, 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 you know, we need it for those different platforms. So it really depends on the IP, the show and the actual deal itself. And um, we, we do share a lot of content in the UK with um, other broadcasts, particularly indigenous language. That's a, a way that um, uh, producers and distributors can look at sort of different funding models because they're in different languages. Um, and that can work really well for us sort of um, having sort of co-exclusive deals. Um, but it's, it's, it's with everything it's a discussion point and it's not an absolute no we need to have all rights for this we're much more fluid now um, because we know that budgets are very challenged and we obviously you know have to be smart in what we do in terms of our commissioning and acquiring so um, it always really depends on the on the the show itself as well. And I think that's really kind of an important point for producers is that uh, because today's audience there is a lot of fragmentation and there are a lot of different platforms that are available to audiences I think uh, creating some of those uh, differentiation points within the content, whether something exclusively is going to one platform or another, I think just kind of adds to sort of that uh, process in terms of uh, how you might be producing today. Well, I'm so encouraged to hear about the broad and beautiful range of programming that we've talked about today with the buying of shows that have some great values at their heart, whether that is STEM, whether that is diversity and inclusivity, whether that is environmental themes. So Thank you all for the work that you do. And thank you all for sharing these insights with us today. We really appreciate it.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks.